0: You're listening to Standing Before the Mass Podcast with Chris Eaton, sponsored by Newport Nautical Supply.
1: Hi folks, thanks for joining me for episode 19 of Standing Before the Mass Podcast. My guest for this episode is Andy Green. Now, some of you may recognize Andy's voice, particularly if you followed the Volvo Ocean Race Stop over in Newport, as Andy was the commentator for that event as well as America's Cup World Series and the London 2012 Olympics. In addition to his role as commentator, Andy is an active, lifelong sailor who will be participating in the 12-meter Worlds this summer in Newport. And like a few other past guests, Andy arrived to record the podcast fresh off the night of Racing Shields in Narragansett Bay. We cracked open a few cold ones and talked about all of that and more. And at one point, my wife chimes in with a few good questions that range from the technical aspects of his role to what it's like as a fellow expat living in Newport. I hope you enjoy. Cheers. Cheers, thank Thanks you. for joining me. I appreciate it. I know you as the Volvo Sailing Commentator. Right. But obviously you have quite a sailing career, uh-huh. quite a resume.
2: Well, <laughs> kind of. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. Where did you get your start? Uh, I started sailing optimists. Yep. Uh, and there was a excellent youth program in the in England, and so I went to the Europeans and uh, sailed quite a bit. But I got into team racing and then match racing at school and university, and so I went and did a lot of match racing and had a lot of fun for about ten years. All right. Sort of on the match racing circuit and doing a couple of America's Cup challenges, which was great.
1: What what boats did you sail on? I sailed
2: on a team from Hawaii called Aloha Racing in 2000, GBR Challenge in 2003, and then I sailed a bit with the South African team in 2007 and then started doing some TV after that. And I've done most of the TV broadcasts in one form or another of the America's Cups since. Since 2000? uh, Since 2007. In fact, Suma, who lives in Jamestown, Got me my first ever broadcasting job in 2000 after we were eliminated, and she got me to go and work for a TV company who were down there. All right, with all their corporate guests. So that was kind of fun. How and did I, you? I still do a bit of that now.
1: How did you find the transition from sailing to
2: commentating? I I I did it. I had a great time sailing, and I, I've sort of carried on sailing a bit, but just gentle, professional sailing. Mm. Nothing to. Uh, Nothing too strenuous. So I've had a few. I've been some few good campaigns over the last ten years, but uh, I, I keep it fairly gentle, and uh, uh, I sort of do a bit of commentating and a bit of sailing, and it seems to work. I mean, if I'm honest, I'll have rental properties. Is what keeps me in oh. bread and water. All oh, right, not the sailing. Well, <laughs> the sailing's a means to an end. It's good. It's good fun, and I really enjoy it as a career. But mm. I've got a few rental properties here and there, which keep me which uh, keep me busy out of season. How did you wind up in Newport? I came and did the twelve meter worlds in two thousand and nine. Okay, and I met my wife, who was who owned a shop down in Bones Wharf, and we sort of met in the boom boom room of the cookhouse. <laughs> Classic, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and uh, we sort of conducted a transatlantic relationship for a couple of years, and then got together and got married. That sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> and it's been great. I really like it. Uh, Newport's wonderful. It was an easy sell then. Uh, you know what? America was quite a hard sell. Oh. Uh, but Newport was reasonably easy So We lived in Burlington for a while in Vermont, which was fun. Oh, cool. Um, but Newport is a combination of lots of sort of English-type sailing towns. And has got l- most of the good bits of all of them. Mm. And not too many of the bad. It's it's, it's for, there's a lot to do in Newport, it's good. Right. It's quite civilised as America goes, isn't it? Yes, exactly. <laughs> to an English person it's quite civilised as far as America goes, yeah. Where are you based in the UK? In London. Right, okay. So I'm used to city living, but yeah. uh and uh but I I always wanted to sort of live on the same. We have a place called Limington and Cows, mm-hmm. Chichester and a few other places that are quite similar, but Newport's quite a lot bigger. And my wife still has a shop downtown and one in Nantucket, so... Oh, nice. I do a bit of sailing every so often in the Opera House Cup. And Whenever you can, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, it saves me folding T-shirts downstairs. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you commentated for all the Volvo events that were here, correct? Yeah, so
2: actually I very first st- commentated here in 2004. When Alingi raced against uh, BMW Oracle. Oh, that's right. For the, for th- I think it was called the Moet Cup. Yeah. And it was quite a sort of prescient event as to f- to what would, w- was to come because Brad was head of, and still is head of Sail Newport, and it was, I think, one of his first events. And it was a really big show. Right. Yeah, a I lot of that. crowds, there were a lot of people. Yeah, And so I did some radio commentary for that because I was over for a match racing event or something. And uh, uh, that was amazing fun. And then when I moved here, it, in 2011 or tw- twelve, there was the Volvo and the America's Cup World Series. Right. And then I commentated on the Olympics in London 2012. So that was a pretty full-on year for some great events and Mm. I really enjoyed some of the commentating and Brad was like, look, come and do it. You'll enjoy it. It'll be fun. And it's right near my house. So it's great. I watched
1: a bit of the, I think it was the beginning of the Volvo leaving here uh, and you were calling it and there was a lot of excitement and action. And obviously like any good sports caller, you know, what's going on, you know, all the teams. And uh, I just thought, wow. That's a lot of work.
2: Well, the funny. It's not like snooker. No, well, they all have their different challenges. But the funny thing about that was it was a very foggy day. Mm. And uh, basically, until about 10 minutes before the start, the race committee were thinking of just starting and going straight out of Newport Harbour. And uh, so it was basically going to be a total dud Mm. departure. And they held off, and they held off until the last minute, and then the fog cleared. And then they were able to do the harbor course. Mm. And so that meant all, we were all much more excited. Right. Because there was gonna, actually going to be a race and something to have a bit of fun with. Yeah, and I think the Chinese was, got tucked out, and they wound up going
1: in the opposite direction to the rest, rest of the fleet. And yeah. They had to play catch up.
2: It was, a, it was a great race, and it showed off Newport in its yeah. finest um, the bridge is amazingly pretty for a bridge that was built in the sixties or sixty
1: nine. It's the fiftieth fiftieth yeah, anniversary. Yeah, yeah.
2: in sixty nine, it's all quite brutal then. But it's a nice, very pretty bridge. Yeah, it's been a big success. The Volvo stuff. It all has. That, that, yeah, it's funny because sell Newport don't don't really they don't sort of make any money, and it's quite a big risk for them. A lot right, of people and a lot of money has to go out the door to begin with. I'm sure there's some way that that. They can find other people to take the load, but they've built hmm. a venue that is tried and tested, and they know we'll get 15,000 people each day if you've got a good weekend, long weekend event on. Right. So they've done a really nice job of that. I'm sure the state and the city can get involved in some way to take some of the risk, but yeah, Sailor Newport run a very tight ship.
1: And now the Volvo's sort of gone through a rebranding. It's called The Ocean Race, I believe. Uh Yeah. Yeah. And what do you think
2: our odds are of getting it back,
1: Uh, being Uh, a host city again?
2: uh, Oh, I I think reasonably high. I I mean, it's 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 very hard to get actual cash out of American cities. Right. Because they're pretty strapped for cash. Yeah. There's no spare money kicking around. They can't even build a school. Local government, right? (laughs) And so basically there's very little they can do. Uh, in terms of big money in the American city. so you just have to sort of fudge it all together and make it work. And mm. Brad seems to do that, but and so I think that'll work in their favor because how much money can Baltimore come up with for a stopover of the Volvo Ocean Race, like right or the Ocean Race? Now I don't know, so I, I'm 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 hopeful, and they've got a good track record, and a lot of customers come. They do a lot of business here, so
1: yeah. That I have a funny story about this. Not this past February, but the February before, I was out at Park City snowboarding. Yeah. And I got separated from my dad on a lift, and I wound up – this other couple and another couple said, hey, get on with us. So I got on the lift, and there's this guy sitting next to me. And we get to talking, and I say I'm from Newport, and he turns out he's from Boston. I don't know who he is. I, You know, we're all in ski outfits, and he starts asking me questions about the Volvo and how – you know, we got it, and I'm rattling off. Oh, it's a great event. You know, I'm um, he said, Yeah, but how you got it, you know, two years in a row, two, two stopovers in a time. And what is it? he's asking me all these sort of wonkish questions about, <laughs> and I'm just kind of, yeah, whatever, you know. And I didn't think anything of it, and we parted ways, we skied down, and I wound up back at the bottom of the same lift. And again, I'm separated from my dad, and I see my dad talking to the guy. He's really tall, and he shakes his hand. And I said, oh, he must be a customer. You know, he's from Boston. And then I got on the lift with my dad, and we got caught up. And they start, my dad and his friends started asking me, what did you say to him? And I said, no. Oh, just He asked a lot of questions about Newport and the Volvo. He said, do you know who that is? I said, no, I had no idea. He said, that's Governor Charlie Baker uh-huh. from Massachusetts. So I think he was probing. <laughs>
2: Maybe he wanted to uh, scoop the event. I mean, Boston would, make, uh, Boston would make a reasonable venue. It's, these, these events sort of are used to highlight your cuddle the bay, mm. make the water more inviting. Right. Get, give people an excuse to go out and see what goes on. And, and, and I think they do a very good job of that around the world, the, the, the ocean race and those, mm. those, those, that sort of stadium sailing now. Everyone can go out and enjoy a nice day of watching something quite entertaining on the water. You can still get to go to the beach. Right. Yeah. It's been a good development in some of those events, the America's Cup and the Ocean Race, having import race series where you can get up close. Mm.
1: Recently, I watched a really good documentary about the very first Whitbread race um, Sayula. Yeah. Is that the name of it? The
2: Mexican. I don't remember the name of it, but that the was Me- the focus of it. Yeah, Saula, yeah. the Mexican family. Yeah. Yeah. Raul. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's an amazing story. It is. And his wife uh, was the chef for the first leg. When they got to Cape Town, she was like, screw this, you guys go. <laughs> and they ended up winning. And it was, um, yeah, amazing. Was that
1: a Swan 65 or something? What was that?
2: Yeah, I think so. Because then Flyer was, Flyer. I think Flyer was a Swan 65. Mm-hmm. Maybe so. I, I, you're, I, it's a good question. I'll get back to you on that. Yeah, right. No the worries. Is 165. Hmm.
1: I saw online that you were listed as uh, a clean seas ambassador for
2: 11th hour racing. Mm-hmm. How did you come into that? Well, they sort of set up in Newport. And I was in Newport around the time 2012. And lots of these events were starting to go quite uh, – were starting to go – think about their environmental impact. And 11th Hour Racing was started by the Schmidt Family Foundation. Right. And uh, they have a mission to, s- to give away grants to causes that are interested in changing how we think about ocean health. Hmm from plastic uh, to every, you know all elements of ocean health. But plastic has been the big wave of change over the last couple of years, helped a lot by the ocean race. Mm. It was a great... Mark Turner, who was the boss at the time, and his wife just said, we need to pick one thing that mm. we're going to campaign for. And theirs was... Single-use p- plastic and plastic in the ocean, and then there were loads of experiments that went on around the ocean around right. the world that measured how much plastic was in the ocean. All of which have proved to be entirely correct. That some, in some, in some of the remotest parts of the world, there's plastic in the ocean right. that, that's measurable. It's unbelievable. Um, and so there's a big wave of change, and I think it's great. Yeah, and it's been and it's. Happening now, well beyond the realm of sailing and sailors. It's yeah, more people getting involved. Everyone's trying to do it, anywhere. and eventually, you know, eventually there'll be a lot less plastic.
1: Yeah, they did some. I think it was that group filmed a nice video down at a local bar in Newport about not using, refusing the straw, and yeah. now there are stra- there are alternatives to the plastic straw. It's like paper straws. And
2: those I'm like, what are we five? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. really do we I need mean, to... like, do you need... <laughs> I mean who honestly yeah. yeah who needs straws at all really yeah like I mean that's what that's what five year old drinks are, it is like...
1: it really is cliche when you see a, a
2: bartender make a, a, a drink and then they just the straw goes in it's it's habit it's... yeah it's a thing it's just totally yeah. unnecessary and in the same way that plastic bags and the going, taking plastic bags from the supermarket is just it's just nuts, yeah. and so change is happening. Right, Uh the pace of it. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm very confident that that will be a big change in the next five years because it's been pushed hard, and it's now everyone's trying to do, do that. So anyway, I mean, I'm no saint to be honest, but right, I, 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 I try, I do what I can, and I try and use when I'm commentating and when I'm around these places to share the message. That's yeah. My, that's my sort of easiest way to help.
1: Yeah, it doesn't take much.
2: And so lots of people that come to these events get a big you know dose of good behavior. I mean, you know, nudging at good better behavior. Right. Um for the future.
1: Yeah, and, and I think it would the Clean Ocean Access played a huge role at the last event I was at. They they're standing not, not only were they there but they're manning every recycling bin, making mm. sure people put the right stuff in the appropriate container yeah dave's amazing he's doing a
2: great job yeah he is and uh you know it always needs to be done yeah but it's you know it's a lot better than it was that's for sure
1: now you you mentioned earlier you're sailing in the 12 meter worlds this summer
2: yeah yeah what boat uh onawa right it's a 1928 12 meter beautiful it'll be great fun
1: and what what role are you gonna uh
2: i don't know i'll just make sure it sort of all happens. I might do a bit of driving, might do a bit of tactics. We've got a bunch of people that are coming in sailing. Did someone charter it or is it the owner? Uh, there's a few people who've syndicated the boat. Yep. So uh, they're all sort of doing a different regatta each. Yeah, that's going to be a pretty amazing event. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to be 20 boats or something. Mm. Um, Some old timers coming up, yeah. showing up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and there are a few famous faces coming, Mr. Uh, Bertelli, who owns Prada, is coming with his fancy boat. Which one is he on? He's on uh, Nyla, which is uh, the Vintage 12 as well.
1: Now that you're a resident of the city of Newport, do you think the local government does enough to recognize and help all these great events that come here? Because when I was a kid growing up, we used to joke that the harbor was sort of an afterthought. A lot of the local politicians sort of just looked out, and unless it was tall ships or the America's Cup, the harbor was not even on their mind. You think it's it's come to the forefront?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot. So even in the 10 years I've been here, the use in the harbor has grown, the number of people going to the shipyard. The, yeah. But the water is the one of the major cells for Newport, and the harbor is now relatively clean and mm. reasonably accessible. And uh, I think it's a great thing for Newport, and mm. I think you will only get more and more because it is quite it reasonably accessible, and yeah. it's just a great by the sea feel. Yeah, Fort Adams is great. You can, there's a bunch of yacht clubs. There's you can go sailing at Sail Newport. Yeah, um, we can wander around the docks at the shipyard. Yeah, that Europe is a, that's a huge asset. It's great, the whole place. The place is very nice, and it's you know. It's, over the last 10 years, I know it sort of keeps you mm. know, liquor painting and getting a little better each right. year and there. And they need more hotels, and they're building more hotels. you have any thoughts? In
0: that, I did have a question, actually. I <laughs> <laughs> got it. <laughs> Going back to an earlier topic, I'm interested in uh, the commentating. Yeah. How you approach that, how you prepare for it, who you're who you're visualizing who you're talking to and what you're trying to get across cuz i think if i was called i'm not really a sporty person but if i was called upon to commentate anything i'd struggle for things to say because i'm i'm watching it i'm i'm absorbing it so yeah. it's like uh, the information's kind of passing through you and having to you know go in visually and come out Orally? Yeah. How do you approach that whole process?
2: Well, in I've never been super technically minded in my sailing, Mm -hmm. uh, which you probably should, I should be more of. But uh, that means that when I'm commentating, I actually try and commentate on a relatively understandable level. I watch a lot of Formula One, and I've listened to Radio 5 in England Mm -hmm. for years. So I enjoy listening to sport, and I think there's a, I try and strike a balance between keeping it relatively simple, but adding interesting bits of observation mm-hmm. while the racing is going on, and being excited on the few um, on the occasion that is required. Uh-huh. It's a sort of eyes on this moment. Like yeah. if you're going to watch this, now's the moment to watch. Right, and. Uh, I enjoy it a lot because I think the person I'm talking to is a is sort of interested, an interested observer.
0: A layperson? A
2: layperson. Of, prob- yeah. I, I mean, layperson's unusual to get in watching sailing. Yeah. But it's somebody who's interested in the water but isn't necessarily a sailor, boaters, whatever. Mm. And you know, there are a lot of people that boat that wouldn't necessarily watch racing of sailing boats. And so it's it's getting people who are interested in the water go on the water, are around the water to actually see a racing a race like mm-hmm. the America Cup or the Ocean race, and then be engaged by it because what they hear is authentic chat from somebody who's knowledgeable but not too technical. right That's okay. my goal, really, mm-hmm. but exciting as required. <laughs> <As required.
0: laughs> then when you first started, um what were you drawing from there? Or had you like studied, like you say, you listened to Radio Five, and you, yeah,
2: well, and you I mean, I was, I, you know, I had the sort of sailing expertise, bit reasonably covered, yeah, and then the rest was about whether, you know, how excitable you want to be, right, and.
0: Do you ever have to play it up, or is it all genuine excitement? Oh,
2: sometimes, yeah, yeah, sometimes definitely. That can get painful. Although I've been pretty lucky, and the London 2012 was amazing. We had a, it was to a live crowd of about ten thousand people, each, eight thousand people each day on a hill watching sailing. Mm. You wouldn't necessarily think that they would get very excited, but there was a real Olympic fever in in the place and. Everyone got very excited by it and it was really fun. Everyone got dressed up and cheering. and
0: Yeah. yeah. I heard that the uh, atmosphere at the Olympics in general was yeah. magic.
2: Yeah, it was really good.
0: Yeah, mm. I can imagine that would be fun. Yeah. Okay. I'll hand back to you. Thank
1: you. <laughs> Speaking of events, we went to the start of the, I guess it was the, the O-Star or the Solo Twin. Uh, no, it wasn't the Solo Twin. It was a... The star yeah. Yeah, it was from Plymouth and... We thought I went over. Somebody sent me over with a Bergie. Dad was a the that oh, yeah, that was part of it. And I just thought I was going to hand the flag over to somebody and be on with it. And next thing we know, we're on a press boat mm-hmm. and we're out at the starting line. I was impressed because this was way before the Volvo in Newport or even the AC event that you sort of were bad. part of it. Yeah, it was around 2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just... Stunned at the number of people that turned out on the hoe at plymouth yeah i I looked back from the position in the boat and, I think this never happens in Newport well, now it does you know right yeah it was it was fun that was a that was a good trip
2: yeah they're putting they're putting more and more uh sailing events on i mean they've got the college nationals on this week, and mm. it's becoming a much easier venue and they they'll do it in the shoulder seasons because there are enough rooms and they can fill them in in May, Mm. with new events. Uh, Should the city do more about it? Probably, but I mean, they need to do more of everything, don't they? Right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And less taxes. (laughs) Right.
1: Was that your shields that you were sailing on?
2: No, it's my friend Ted. All right, cool. Now, at the moment, I'm busying myself. I bought an old mill in Warren, Oh. which has got about 15 commercial tenants in, so I'm busying myself with that when I'm not sailing. Oh, my God. And uh, preparing for a busy summer of fun
1: the real estate world well
2: yeah, yeah. Okay. what kind of talents have you got in there? Uh, there are all sorts of uh, well I've got some therapists I've got a little TV production company mm. I've got a guy who's been doing shoots for a uh, like opening sequences for TV shows in California he's been doing some amazing stuff in there mm. with a lot of what I have like. got a model maker a couple of antique dealers mm. those sorts of things oh, yeah. that'll give you a busy an eclectic yeah. group of people
1: right Well great. Well thanks for your time. I appreciate you. you. Yeah.
0: Thank you for listening to Standing Before the Mass Podcast with Chris Heaton, sponsored by Newport Nautical Supply. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.